On today's episode, we're going to be discussing power and the fight for power. So if you can think back to when you were in kindergarten, those were the beginning stages of you and your classmates, your peers, really understanding what kinds of powers were available to them. Can you remember wanting to hold the door? Can you remember wanting to be line leader? Wanting to be the one who counts uh, the, the amount of time someone spends at the water fountain? Wanting to be the one who gets to stand up and, and say something or do something? Those were the beginning stages of power in your life. And as we grow, those uh, power opportunities, they don't go away. And so what we have is a great deal of people vying for power in many different facets of life, in all different kinds of workplaces, spaces, and environments. Okay, now this causes conflict because everyone wants that power. Everyone wants to be in control, even if it's just a little bit, a little bit of power. Okay, so now you're all grown up, of course, in your workspace, and I'm pretty sure you can probably still see the fight for power. It's very, you know, we're, we're older and we're mature now, so the fight for power is very subtle. It's very practiced. There is a language to it. It has been groomed. It has been polished. And so it's more difficult to see it now uh, than, it, than it was to see it as when we were younger. Okay, but it's there. So you might have a supervisor who is your supervisor in name, but then there's an individual in the room who they are not your supervisor in name, but they are your supervisor. They are in control because they have managed to obtain the power in the room. Uh, when this happens, most oftentimes people will not fight right out for power. What people fight for in their adulthood is position. You, put, you position yourself in a place where you can become powerful, in a place where you can make decisions for yourself and others. This is not a bad thing. It's not a negative thing to be in power. But if power is in the hands of someone who is toxic, who is dangerous, who is uh, not in control of their thoughts and feelings and emotions, then it becomes it becomes dangerous. When power is given to an individual who is weak, who is a coward, then it becomes dangerous. Who is not trained, who is not ready, it becomes dangerous then. We have to understand uh, in, in those moments that all power, every single bit of it belongs to God. Now, this is a very freeing statement. Once you realize that all power belongs to God, I assure you, you will feel a great deal of pressure lift off of you. You, you will feel a great deal of anxiety, if that's what you're dealing with, leave from you. I want us to take a look at a verse 
that kind of sums up everything that we're talking about today. It's in First Chronicles. Am I there? Am I there? Give me a moment. Okay, so it's in First Chronicles chapter 29. If you scroll down to verse 11, it reads, Yours, O Lord, are the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and on the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted and head above all. Okay, so basically that just means God's in control. God is in control of everything. Now that should give you peace wherever you are in your life. If you're laying in a hospital bed, that should give you peace. It says God is the head. That means that the doctors might say what they have to say, but God gets the final say. That should bring you peace. That means if you're at work right now and you are in an environment where someone is losing their mind every single day, every single day they're just coming to your cubicle or your your office and knocking on the door and losing their mind and screaming and yelling, this should give you peace. God is in control. If you are in a home life environment where your kids aren't listening, your spouse is acting crazy, God is the head. God is the authority over all of everything in your life. Now, in addition to that, we have to understand that when we're out of order, right? When we're out of pocket, God is also the head of us. And so it's very important to understand that God has all of this power. And because God has all power, God is the author of delegating power. God will send power where God wants to send it and God will take take power where God, where God wants to take it. So if there is something that you need, if there is something that you want, all you have to do is go to the individual who owns it all. That's God. That's what this whole podcast is about. Trusting in God, how to get to God, how to maneuver through the world and trust God. There are people who do a lot of things now to get even just a little bit of power. There are people who do uh, a lot of different evil things to get us, I mean, a small amount of power, a very small amount. And I'm not suggesting that it's right or it's just if it's a great deal of power. But what I'm saying is, If you could go to the head, why then would you begin to lessen yourself to take away your character and integrity for someone who is not the head for a small, finite amount of power? God will give you whatever you ask. If you ask for it in God's name with a righteous heart. All you have to do is ask God if you don't. Now, sometimes God's plan for our life doesn't match up how we think it should match up. But we have to understand, and I'm including myself, I'm always including myself, that whatever God has for us is so much bigger and better 
than the things that we have for ourselves. And so we could be trying to push ourselves in a direction and God is not allowing that direction to come forward. Now, this could be that it's not time. Okay. Sometimes God will hold you back for, from something uh, because the place where you are going is not set up. It's like if you were getting ready to have a birthday party and you knew you were having a birthday party, but you're waiting outside because they're not finished setting up all of your decorations and your gifts within the room. That's how it is with God. There are certain spaces in our lives that we cannot walk into until God has prepared us. And we've discussed this before. So if you are praying to be a mother and you have not had children yet, continue to seek God's face, continue to pray. God might be conditioning you and setting your life up in a fashion that will help you become a better mother. If you are trying to get a promotion and you have not gotten that promotion yet, continue to study, continue to learn your craft and move forward. And when it's time, when a position opens, then God will move you forward. There might be a bunch of people that God is rescuing you from in that workspace because they're toxic, or maybe they're doing something they should not be doing. And God does not want you in that number. Now, when we move past these, uh, these barriers that God puts up and we go through in a different door or the way that, uh, most people often go through in the world, then we are opening ourselves up to danger, open our, opening ourselves up to heartache and heartbreak. Okay. There are some people that God never intended for us to meet, never intended for us to talk to when we go through and, and push through and begin to date them anyway and allow them in our lives anyway. And let me just say, it doesn't even have to be a dating situation. It could just be a friendship. It could just be somebody um, that you enjoy being in their presence. It could be somebody from your past that you've reached back and grabbed off of Facebook that God never intended for you to uh, co uh, communicate with this individual again. When we open doors that God has closed, okay, uh, it, it becomes extremely dangerous because it throws off the, the spacing that God has placed in our life. It throws off of the timing. And you, when this happens, you constantly hear God telling you to get back on the path, get back on track. Oftentimes that's difficult because the path that God sends a great deal of us on is, is not, it's not paved. It's not, um, it's not the, it's not the easier road. Um, a Robert Frost would call it the road less traveled that God sends us on the road. God sends you on oftentimes ha is grassy. The grass is tall. You have to cut it down because God wants you to lead and make a way for other people. The reason that the road that you were on is different and difficult is because so many people don't want to acknowledge that God is all powerful and all knowing. So they don't even try to go in the direction that God is sending them. And so when God begins to send you in a direction, there is so much work for you to do. And that's how we get the, the, the scripture, the, the text, uh, the, the harvest is plentiful, but workers are few. Nobody wants to do the work, but you have to continue to move forward in the direction that God is sending you. 
And one of the things that's going to help you is realizing that God owns everything, everything under the sun, above the sun, everything that exists and everything that we don't even understand that exists. It belongs to God. And so there is nothing. And I can say this in confidence uh, based on the experiences in my life and the things that God has allowed me to overcome, there is absolutely nothing that is going to stop you from getting to where God has ordained and called you to be. Not even you, not even you can get in your way. When God has called you to something, uh, you, you, all you have to do is simply move forward. I know that you're going through a lot of things. Some of you might be dealing with sickness, some of you might be dealing with individuals in your life who are not supportive of the direction that God is sending you, but absolutely none of that is going to stop you. And when you get to where you're going, you're going to be strengthened. Amen. And so all of this is, uh, all, all, all of this is in an environment. Now we are in a world, we are in a space where people want the riches of God but they don't want the power of God to govern their lives. We've talked about this in previous episodes. People will even take the text of God, the Holy Bible and use it to push their own agenda. And so there are people who understand just how powerful the text of God is. And they use it to cover up the wrongdoing that they have done. But God is not silly. God is not confused. God can't be tricked. God understands what is going on. Now, there are uh, in environments that we go into that can be intimidating because it's a lot of money in the room, right? The individuals in the room have a lot of money. And when you have a lot of money, uh, oftentimes power comes along with that money. Sometimes God will send you into an environment where you feel as if you are unable to say the word of God or speak the word of God because there are giants in the room with you, but God will be with you. Be sure to do and say whatever God calls you to do and say all throughout the text. We see uh, men and women uh, who, who are seemingly Okay, quote unquote, small, but they do large things. When we see Mary giving birth to Jesus, that that was frightening. She was a teenager when that took place. God was with her and she gave birth to the son of God. She gave birth to God in flesh form. God was also with David when David uh, brought down Goliath. Goliath, uh, Goliath was a giant, but David still brought Goliath down because all power belongs to God. And if the power belongs to God, then the narrative belongs to God. Whatever God wants to happen will take place. We're seeing a lot going on in the world right now. A lot is happening there's a lot of uh, discord. There are a lot of arguments. There are a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people are losing their lives over the fight for power. If you could imagine just how peaceful it would be if everyone understood that power belongs to God. Now, I don't think that that's going to happen, not until it's all said and done. 
not until God closes the 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 last the last book not until God closes the last turns the last page and shuts everything closed I I, I don't think that people will ever really understand uh, that God is how powerful God is um, if you if you read uh, about the prophets in the Bible if you read about even when angels appear within the text people tremble people faint and this is just in the presence of God's host God's heavenly host uh, when uh, when, when, when they see these angels, they tremble, they bow down and you'll see each time the angel, uh, the angel of the Lord will, will, t- well, they have to tell them fear not. Now, if when, if when, uh, the, 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 the characters, the people in the Bible see angels and they become afraid, how much more fear do you think they would experience if they saw God? This is why God does not show himself in in the way oftentimes that we want to see God. If we saw God's face, we would faint. If we saw God in, in God's completeness and God's greatness, we would not even be able to understand all of it, to take all of it in our mind. We would faint. I think, my personal opinion, we would probably die and God would have to bring us back to life. It would be just that powerful. It would be just that frightening. Now, with that amount of power, you have to look at your problems. You have to look at your problems. Your problems are not bigger than God. They might be huge. You might have some problems that are unbelievably difficult tangled never no example of how to fix it you know some problems you can look at them and say okay well this person did that I'm going to fix I'm going to fix this issue here I'm going to do the same thing and then there are some problems where they are completely tailored nothing like it you might have a tailored problem not a standard problem and that problem is not a tailored problem to God God knows how to fix it. God knows how to solve it. God is so much bigger than it. And when you allow God to be larger in your mind, then inevitably your problem becomes smaller. It has to. If God's greatness continues in one direction, then the size of your problem uh, continues in the opposite direction. The more you meditate on God, the smaller your problem gets. It just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. There are some things in our life that God doesn't even take away those issues completely. And of course, we remember uh, Paul uh, speaking of the thorn in his side. It's my personal belief that we all have some kind of thorn in our side. If you could just take a moment uh, today to write down what your thorn in your side is. This is the thing that is in your life and it seems to be consistent. Now, be sure that the thing that is in your life that is consistent is not something that God has told you to get away from, that you have decided that even though it is painful to you, you're going to hold on to it anyway. Even though this relationship is hurting you, you're going to hold on to it anyway. 
even though this uh, job is very toxic, you're going to hold on to it anyway. Even though you're in an environment where God told you to uh, do do something different, behave different, step up and do leadership, you're just going to sit there anyway. Be sure that that is not uh, the thing that you are noting down as your thorn. No, 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 no. We have to be obedient to God so that it does not call, cause confusion in our life. Once you begin to be obedient to God, then you will more clearly be able to see the thorn that is in your life. Now, I know the thorn that is in my life. Okay, it has been consistent for many, 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 many years. Uh, but by the help of God, it never overcomes me. It never overtakes me. So once you begin to identify what the thorn in your side is, that's a marker of God's greatness. That's all it is. Uh, the, this, this, this thorn in your side, uh, could be used to frighten you. It could be used to intimidate you. It could be used to bring back sorrow for many of you. Some of the thorns in your side are, are, they're not even with you anymore. They're, they're only with you in your memory. Uh, something negative that has happened to you as a child. And now it is difficult for you to move forward. It's a thorn in your side. But this is an opportunity now for you to see that by the hand of God, you are still here. You are on the earth and that God's greatness is constantly being showed in your life. Because even though you've been through all that you've been through, you're still here. You're still alive. You're still breathing. Amen. Now, we know that every rose has a thorn. Every ro roses have thorns. We all know that. And so what the thorns do is the thorns teach you how to hold uh, the how to hold the flower. It teaches you how to go about life. It teaches you how to um, how to move forward. OK, you're not just going to go to a um, a garden of roses and just pick that flower up any kind of way. No, because those thorns train you on how to uh, how to govern uh, the garden. Those thorns train you on how to uh, take the weeds out of the garden, how to water it, how to help it grow. If you see a lot of gardeners and I don't know a lot about gardening, so I'm really on I'm in uncharted uncharted waters. So if this is your area, just please forgive me. So you'll see oftentimes that people who work in gardens, they wear gloves because it's a lot down in the soil. It's a lot attached to the flowers that, you know, can prick your finger, dirt all in your hands and under your nails. And so there's a certain kind of way that gardeners deal with their gardens. What I'm trying to say is that there are going to be things in your life that are going to be difficult and you have to you have to know how to um, how to move through your life and it's going to be very very difficult to move through the garden of your life without the proper without the proper covering without the proper gloves god gives you this covering knowing that all power belongs to god gives you this covering the thorn in your life once you realize uh, what it is once you realize that God has power over it, it begins to govern your, uh, the, the understanding of, of how God is pushing you through the world begins to govern your life. You begin to act differently. You begin to move differently. And then you get in a room with, with a bunch of people who might have the same thorn as you have. And then they look at you and they're trying to understand, okay, well, this individual is, they have uh, they don't feel good sometimes like I don't feel good. They deal with depression like I deal with depression. This individual gets headaches like I get headaches. How is it 
that they are moving differently because you are moving under a different power, under a higher power. You know that God has control of everything. So you move differently and then your life becomes a ministry to those people in the room. We have to understand that power belongs to God. We might want power, want power, want power, but the more power we want, if God has not ordained it for our lives, it becomes toxic. It becomes heavy. It becomes addictive. Have you ever seen anyone who's addicted to power and then that power is taken from them? It's a sad sight to see. It's a slow spiritual demise. And they just continue to spiral down and down and down. And let me tell you something. There are people who issue out power in the world. And they'll tell you, you know, if you you don't do what I'm telling you to do, I'm going to take this power from you. And you will see this individual straighten themselves up. It's everywhere. It's all around. These are high powers and small powers. It's, 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 it's all around us, all around us. And so there are people who are afraid to move to the left. They're afraid to move to the right. They're afraid to walk out and become free. They're afraid to do what God has calling them, called them to do because they don't want to lose their power. But if you want to follow God, if you want to do what God has called you to do, you're going to lose some power. But I'm telling you, when you lose that power, you'll regain, you're going to gain peace and you will regain the power that God has ordained you to have. What God does is God moves through our spirits. God checks our spirits. Okay. Because we belong to God. God loves us on a daily basis. God continues to move through our spirits and checks to see what's in us that should not be there. What's in us that's not like God. And God continues to move these things from our life. And we become lighter. But then the problem arises when the people out in the world see us and they don't understand the the lightness. Now I'm talking about light and weight. We become lighter. But what I'm saying, when people don't recognize the light in us, I'm talking about the light that the sun might give. People don't understand it. So then they begin to criticize the light. And then we begin to take on the things that God is taking out of our spirit and we become heavy again. And people go through this their entire lives. They become ensnared, they become enslaved, but they don't realize they are because in in their life, in their environment, they might have a lot of amenities. And so these amenities, these things in our lives, these, these toys, these, um, desires, uh, kind of, uh, they distract us from the spirit. And there is a moment in time where you can kind of even forget where you are in the spiritual world. You can forget that you're ensnared. And so oftentimes God will remove things from our lives uh, that we can see to show us where we are spiritually. This is why God speaks to a lot of us through dreams, because God can't catch our attention in the day. 
It's too much social media. It's too much phone time. It's too much television. It's too much, you know, here and there. So when we lay down and go to sleep, God begins to speak to us. When we wake up, God reminds us of the things that we're dreaming. We have to understand that all power belongs to God. The scripture we read earlier, 1 Chronicles 29 and 11, meditate on that for the week. Meditate on that for for the rest of the week. Read it. It's going to help you. Also, if you begin to read Psalms, which Psalms? Read the whole book. Read the whole book. Just start reading that for about the next, the next month. This whole, this whole month, the whole month of August. It's one of the longest books in the Bible. It might be the longest. I'm not sure. Don't quote me, but it's pretty long, but it it reads beautifully and it's very encouraging. If you're struggling with depression, This is a very, very beautiful book. This book will help you. This book will help you. I'm going to go into detail. I'm going to uh, begin to kind of look through Psalms and see what we can kind of focus on to help us. But today, I just wanted to focus on the discussion of power. So to sum it all up, all power belongs to God. Every single bit of it. You don't have a thing to worry about. That's all I've said. I know we've talked for about 30 minutes, but all I'm saying is all power belongs to God. You don't have a thing to worry about. Take your worries to the throne of grace. Hope this message finds you well. As always, my dear friend, have a beautiful week and peace. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow me wherever you get your podcast and share with family and friends. Also, check out my website, thepurplesoapbox.com. Goodbye.